Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about The Menu. That's right, we still have a few 2022 films to cover, and uh, they'll be coming up soon, as well as some new 2023 films, but we really wanted to talk about this one. And joining me is Jason Harris from Awesome Movie Year. He's also a food writer, so it is a perfect fit for him to come on the podcast and talk about this crazy movie. So we got a great conversation coming up. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, of course, to make sure you're subscribed wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And if you like what we do here on the show, make sure to drop us a five-star rating. We'd appreciate that. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And, uh, you know... Just get in touch if you like the show. We, we, we like that. We like hearing from you guys. If you have any puzzle pieces that you think of that we don't bring up here on the conversation, definitely tweet at me or tell us in the Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces group. Email me. Uh, I always read the uh, listener puzzle pieces on the next trailer episode, and I would love to hear from you. So, with that said, let's talk about the menu. Jason Harris is back with us. We're going to talk about the menu. Jason, how's it going? Dave, uh, today we have a wonderful selection of items for you. Uh, at first, we're going to have some witty banter, after which we'll move into our deconstructed portion of the evening where we take the movie and pull it apart so you can really feel all of the different elements that have made it what it is. And then we'll have a nice palate cleanser where a recommendation of something that one of us watched recently will occur. And finally, we will close it up with some wonderful repartee. Mostly involving you just, you know, making fun of me at the end of the episode, as you always do <laughs> when you're on. <laughs> you can't uh, hate tradition, Dave. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. That was a good intro. I like that. That was really good. Uh, we, we've been we've been wanting to do this episode for a while now. You, of course, uh, being a, a food writer and a foodie, like this movie is right up your alley. We talked about Pig last year, which may come up in this conversation at some point. But uh Wait, was this one you were super excited about? Yes, this was one I was excited about, not just because of that, but because, I mean, you know, is Ray Fiennes underrated at this point? I like, think so. He delivers every time out, doesn't he? Yeah, it's true. And Anna Teller-Joy, uh, was it Anna or Anya? Anya. She's great. Yeah. She's always great. So uh, this looked like a fun thing that uh, we were getting into. But um, Dave, I got a deal for you on this one. Mm. So I think on Pig, you know, which could easily be a piece, uh, sure. I mentioned a lot of food movies. Mm -hmm. I will mention zero food movies as our pieces on this one and leave them all to you. 
Well, I, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. But looking at my list here before we start getting into it, I think I might only have one and it's not so much food, more of a snack movie, but you know, I guess it, it, it fits. So, you know, we'll, we'll get to that, but, uh, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Jason. I just wanted to try something different. So I, I figured if anyone wanted to go back and listen, I think we did talk about a lot of food. Movies I would imagine the last one. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Ray, Ray Fiennes just uh, every time it's it's so great to see him and uh, it's got a great cast overall. You know, it's also fun to see John Lucasamo pop up and stuff. And Hung Chao is having a really great year. I mean, between this and the whale. So. She's uh, she's she's one like she's on it, dude. She's yeah. on, she's on that rocket right now of just like hitting everything out of the ballpark. And yeah, she absolutely throttles this. Everyone. I mean, they just did a good job casting yeah. this thing. One other thing before we get into puzzle pieces, but uh, the director, Mark Mylod, um, I'm not sure if it's his directorial debut as a, as a feature filmmaker, but uh, directed a bunch of episodes of Succession. So I know that must, you know, also be on the list of things that like makes you excited yeah, about the movie. That was, that was one of the reasons I wanted to see it. I'll see anything that any director of Succession does. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. What do you have for your first piece? Dave, I'm going to go in a completely different direction, right? Because this, I guess, are we, I mean, there's no way to talk about this movie without giving out spoilers. Yeah, right? yeah. So, you know, this thing becomes something that the guests don't expect it to be, right? Mm -hmm. And they are in this, they're on this island, so they don't really have a choice but to play along. Right. Um, because every time they don't, uh, someone pretty much ends up dead at this point anyway so <laughs> i was thinking of uh saw as my first puzzle piece for nice. this one you could go with cube also or something like that but something in a very contained environment uh where you're playing a game that you don't know that you're playing and uh, a lot of death happens i agree i actually had saw on my list of possible pieces here and yeah i mean it's obviously not Aside from like one scene or maybe two scenes, it's not like a gory horror movie or anything like that. But um, the idea that that these people are in this game that they don't necessarily realize and there's really no escape, like, you know, except for the one who does get away, which it's questionable whether or not she really does. And I think it's kind of open to interpretation. Uh, but you know, th there's no getting away from this situation that they've all gotten themselves into. Except this is a more delightful or enjoyable version of that than like just kind of uh you know horror porn or yeah. shock horror porn or whatever you want to call it yeah because this is fun from beginning to end there's like it especially with that ray fine's performance i mean it's it's a lot of fun and i'll for my first puzzle piece this is my like i said my my one food related piece uh but i i felt it was necessary willy wonka and the chocolate factory um that all these people are basically like the children who get a chance to go and see this eccentric chocolate maker's new treats for the first time because of a special invite. And uh, here it's to get to see this eccentric uh, chef's special, you know, creations at his special meal at a private island. And of course, everything is just set up completely to mess with them, just like uh, what Willy Wonka does to the kids. And everything is kind of playing on the people's character flaws. And of course, this is a big eat the rich movie. And so it plays into that as well. And uh, I think in a lot of ways, it's like Willy Wonka for grownups. What would the script or the movie look like if they were like, hey, we're going to set it on any other night at this restaurant? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, just regular. Just a regular service or what? Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is exactly what you're saying. This is, uh, you know, eat the rich and it's uh, most decadent, I suppose. So, there you go. You know, there's plenty of uh, movies like that that you could that we've probably talked about something like the game or whatnot sure um let me go dave to another puzzle piece right now and i got a good one here that environment that we're talking about is not just the island but the building the restaurant the shape of the restaurant plays so much into it his house plays so much into it the architecture plays so much into it, I felt that Parasite had to be a puzzle piece for sure. this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I And I had Parasite on my list too, but for like a completely different reason. I, I like that bringing up the architecture and all that. that. That definitely works. But to me, it's the rich versus poor where both sides are kind of awful. Like that, that's like the, the, uh, the, that's the side of it that to me reminded me of Parasite that like, yeah, you've got, you've got this, uh, this chef and, and he like is, is sick of these people who aren't appreciating the food anymore and aren't appreciating anything that they have in life. And you have all these rich people who are just like disgustingly wealthy and whatnot. And they're both kind of awful in, in this situation. And that's kind of like the main thing that made Parasite great. Yeah, I mean, everything made Parasite, great, yeah, right? Sure. But um, I, it is interesting when, right, you're, who do you root for, right? right? And those movies we talk about a lot on Awesome Movie Year where you don't have to like the person as long as you can root for them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that they give you that with Ray Fiennes and, you know, I'm sure, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy. Those are probably the two main characters that you would be rooting for. Yeah. Right. But I do think you could root for either of them at this point in time. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I will go. I, I'm going to pivot for a second here and go on something that's not a movie, uh, not TV, not anything like that. But I feel like it, it's it has to be a part of the conversation. Uh, and lately we've been seeing a lot of movies that deal with escape rooms. And like, that's kind of like a thing where it's like escape rooms have become so popular. And so why not we, why not make movies out of them? This kind of feels like instead of that, uh, let's talk about dinner theater shows where that's become such a popular thing in like the last decade. And it seems like this is like, why not take that and make a movie out of it where there's like the whole mystery and, and the actors and the people involved don't really know what's real and what's, what's fake. And, uh, in the same way that you can imagine why they would they would use escape rooms as a as a setup for a movie, you could totally see where a dinner theater type show would would work its way in. Uh, you know, I'm a veteran. Did you know that I'm a veteran actor of dinner theater here in Las Vegas? I uh, think I might know that, but yeah. I it makes total sense either way. Yeah, I I've done I did two like long running shows that you know. One was the murder mystery. One was like the Italian spinoff uh, thing. <laughs> but this summer we did an immersive, which I think now we're le- we're calling it less dinner theater and more immersive experiences, oh, yeah. right? Sure. We did an immersive where um, we were invited to a woman's birthday party, and we weren't supposed to act. But I mean, we're actors, but we weren't supposed to acknowledge that we're actors. Mm. But we were supposed to interrupt the party multiple times with scenes from Casino. <laughs> So we acted out these scenes from Casino, and it took place in the Liberace Mansion, and uh, it was pretty per- per- pretty perfect night, like as far as those immersives go. So. Were people just like like like? Do they have any idea that that's the direction the night was going to go? Or um, well, so it was a woman's fortieth birthday, right? And she um, 
I think she had like a 70s theme to it. So mm-hmm. it kind of made sense. Okay. What's funny is um, we looked up her name because I helped cast the thing um, and also acted in it. And my friend um, thought her name, who is that senator? The, one of these ultra right wing senators in Florida, Laura Bo- Bloberts or something. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was going to back out because he's like, I can't support it. She's, you know, anti-abortion. She's anti-human sure. rights. and. So I look. I looked it up, and it turns out that the woman was not her, but her name sounded similar. But the woman, I didn't recognize her name because it's her married name. But it turned out to be someone I went to high school with. So, you know, the whole whole thing there, buddy. So <laughs> it all comes back around to that. Yeah. Look, we can. Uh, you mentioned like not TV, but like I, I don't want this. Uh, you you have to mention those like Bourdain style really Bourdain as far as like the way that this is shot and the food stuff that yeah. leads to chef table, what they mention in there and everything. So that whole kind of, I mean, and you could even go back to iron chef, any type of beautifully shot food show, I think counts as a piece. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily want that to be my next piece, but I did want to at least say we have to acknowledge that. Yeah. So. Throw it on the list. Even if you want to like jump to another one, but yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got the food, you've got the, the chef personality and you've got the, beautiful location so it's kind of all there and i think pig structurally did the same thing where they like coursed out the the night you know via menu items all right here's uh one that i'm going to mention at one point this chef is uh so upset with one of his guests that he uh chops off his pinky and it seems so arbitrary and it brought me back to a movie that i think a lot of people probably miss it's a low budget film that was really good and i don't even know what happened to the filmmaker but there was definitely uh the escalation of betting in there cheap thrills and at one point i think for twenty thousand dollars one of them cut off their own fingers to to do that so uh cheap thrills my next puzzle piece here i I don't know this movie was this is this 90s when is this i must have come out five or six years ago it's pat healy david keckner in a very serious role okay Uh, I think they made it for a hundred thousand, and and it did really well. I think Alamo Drafthouse put it out, but um, yeah, the whole point is like these friends go out, or like this guy goes out and gets involved in this uh, situation where it's like they just bet the whole night, and they and the bets keep escalating further and further, more money, higher stakes, and at one point, someone chops a finger off. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> it's probably it might even be a Christmas movie. It might be worth watching. Nice, right on. I will go uh, with Ruben Ostlin's The Square as my next puzzle piece, um, which kind of does for like the high art world what this is doing with Eat the Rich. Yeah, exactly. It's Eat the Rich. It's kind of making fun of how, you know, stuck up and over the top these like artists are in that case and here chefs and food culture. And uh, The Square, you know, it really like the big centerpiece is that whole like 10 minute dinner party scene in which the guy is like going around like a gorilla terrorizing the room. And uh, here, you know, the room is terrorized for pretty much the whole time. Yeah. um, This took a different direction than what I thought. Right. Because I thought, what was that movie that got canceled? The Hunt. The Hunt. Yeah. Which wasn't a bad movie. And it really had anyone seen it. They wouldn't. They canceled it for literally the wrong reason, since. It was literally the exact opposite of what they said it was going to be, right? I thought this was going to be the hunt, Mm. and it turned into something a little more, which was surviving the game or whatever, you know? Sure. It turned into something a little more interesting than that, like this whole art piece that you're talking about. Yeah. Which kind of leads me to my next puzzle piece. Um, This does take place on an island, right? 
And I wanted to say, like, Tim Roth is making some really interesting, cool movies lately. Mm-hmm. And it brought me back to Bergman Island, which okay. I think was last year, maybe, or the year before. Still haven't gotten a chance to watch it. I, it's not the greatest movie, but it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. There's a story within a story. You could argue that this movie has stories within the story. Yeah. But not not in the same way. But the idea is they travel to this island, which is all dedicated to Ingmar Bergman, right? And, like, the whole impetus of this island is, I mean, this is where he lived. This is where he made his art. And this is a sacred place because that's what art means. Mm. And I think that's what we're getting with this chef. And this island is, like, this is the only place he can do this art what you're getting is straight from the ecosystem. And once we touch it, we're ruining it. But like the idea of the Island as the only place that this art could be done, uh, brought me to Bergman Island. A little bit of a tangent, but does this food look good? I mean, to me, anything looks good, but I did notice a foodie mistake in there. Mm. Uh, Nicholas Holt's character, when they're talking about the, uh, oysters, right. Uh You know, he says, uh, Anya Taylor joy says like, I just like the oysters without, you know, just plain. And he goes, no, you need the mignonette for the, uh, for the mouthfeel. But a mignonette is basically just a, a sauce, like, you know, okay. or like um, some herbs and maybe some citrus. So there is no mouthfeel. It's just very uh, liquidy, right? Okay. So, it, uh, you know, if you want something for a mouthfeel against an oyster, you would do like a oyster casino, something baked with like breadcrumby stuff on top of it. Okay. So I noticed like one mistake on there. I've had food like this. I've had plenty of food like this and it can either go, um, it can either be really good and elevated or it can be like, there's a restaurant in town and there's a chef here and it's like, bro, set of 30 ingredients on, you know, the plate, maybe do four ingredients on the plate. So I would say the one thing about the Ray Fiennes character is he's not overdoing it by going with too many ingredients or anything like that. Right. Right. He is taking, something and just trying to utilize it in however he feels is an elevated form. It feels like a little like Jose Andres type me to mm. me. Yeah. That that's interesting. Yeah, because like those those meals, I mean of course then we we end on the burger, which I mean everybody is gonna walk away thinking mm. it looks incredible. But... but all right. Can we this is a good point and it's it's I guess our little intermezzo here, right? Mm. This is what I was thinking about. We have to now move past this in our idea of foodie movies right because every single one of them is they love a burger right it's i'm the (laughs) chef and i've done this and i've you know liquefied that and i've now used molecular gastronomy for this which by the way not every great chef does right like some chefs just make really good food and it always comes back to a burger a cuban sandwich this Mm -hmm. you know breakfast right so we have to like we have to like get past this idea that like um, oh, what they're really looking for is just to simplify something sure. or this or that, like, which I, I'm all for simplicity in food. I think five ingredients or less is there. I just want to see a different version of this story told of like, Hey, I'm a chef. I've lost what I really started out for. And now I'm going back to it by making the simplest food. And then you and your mind are going to have a, um, a food memory that's going to bring you back to childhood. Like that's great when it happens, but we've seen it enough on screen now. Right. So like, where do we take this celebrity chef movie next is what I'm wondering. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. And uh, when you said Cuban sandwich, that was chef, which I was thinking about, but I didn't include it on my list. But, right, yeah. <laughs> right. So is it your turn, I think? Uh, yes, it's back to me. Uh, I'm going to go with the White Lotus. Um, th- this kind of echoes a lot of the things we've already been talking about with Eat the Rich type 
projects, whether it's film or TV. Um, but, you know, just each of the tables being separated as a different either family or grouping of people and each of them having their own uh, just awful qualities that, you know, like you kind of want everybody to get it in the end. And they do basically all get it in the end. And uh, th that's that's something that both seasons of The White Lotus have dealt with, more so the first one, but, um, you know, where each of the families has their own issues and their own, like, things that you could point at and be like, ugh, that's just awful. I'm a big fan of The White Lotus. I've watched both seasons. Mm -hmm. I still have no idea how... <laughs> He got that on the air and like how it's turned out to be so popular. Like yeah. Mike White is an interesting writer and filmmaker to me, but like, I'm just like, yeah, th how did this break through? Right. How did I, this one break through the Every pack? time I see him talk about the show, I get the feeling that he feels that way too. He's like, when he talks about it, he's like, I don't know how this, how this ended up working. Right. And you then, know? you know, we watched, we just finished this second season and you're like, you know, I'm trying to think as a writer, like, did you just plot it like here, you know? character arc this one to this one this is the beginning this is the end and like okay we'll just do these little points in between because like the stories in some ways are very minor on the white lotus right? yeah but yeah. a lot of major things happen in those stories like this season there was the whole thing with um you know the two couples right mm. and like literally that whole story could have taken place in like one room almost yeah you know much. maybe one room in the ocean um and it, it's interesting that they like get away with that over seven episodes obviously there were you know detours there but you yeah, know that's that's kind of what i'm saying with that yeah no absolutely they they fit a lot in but it's also not really that much and so but it's it's so many characters that it all kind of uh takes its time i guess but uh what do you have for your next piece? all right janet mcteer plays uh lillian bloom right who is this kind of um haughty food critic type right Mm -hmm. And I think it's uh, Paul Edelstein plays Ted like her. I don't know if he's like her editor or what he is, but he is just kind of like, um, you know, her lapdog. Mm -hmm. And it very much reminded me of, and her performance did too, of Meryl Streep and Stanley Tucci in The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, and obviously we're talking about print and you know reviewing things and making her you know she could make or break you and yeah. that's the same thing with devil wears prada so uh that's my next piece there i like that yeah i hadn't thought of that but that that definitely fits and and that was like a really fun little you know of, of all the tables that was like a really fun one there so uh, i like that uh i'll go to my this is actually my last piece um I, I couldn't think of the best possible version of this. I, I threw two movies in, um, but it's basically just the general idea of just inexplicably all of this person's followers just being down for the cause, like ride or die till the end. I, I thought of Fight Club and I also thought of Midsommar, um, both examples of that where everyone's just willing to kill themselves for their leader. And like it just you just kind of go with it because it's just what the movie's given you. So... I was thinking about that too. Like, did I want to go with like a cult type thing? And mm -hmm. I think I have the answer to okay. which the piece is. All right. Especially considering the endings. It's The Invitation. Okay. Which I actually haven't seen. You should see it. It's yeah. a great movie. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to butcher her name, so I'm not going to bother. But it's, you know, this writing team that does like a lot of bigger budget stuff. And they just try to take something smaller and a director uh, who's one of their wives um you know is, is it karen kusi sama maybe or something oh i'm not sure uh, but anyway it's a real slow boil and it kind of all comes down in that same regard as this one okay 
Well, I'm yeah. gonna have to watch that. For yeah, sure. she's great. And then they did destroy her. Like I, anything that oh, yeah. team does, like I'm interested in doing. Right on. Uh, my last piece, since I went with that now, uh, there is that Nicholas Holt character who is that basically what you're saying, like that devotee who, like, you know, says you know the chef can do no wrong. He's yeah. you know everything he does is the most important thing ever. And I, I think we mentioned it before on a few episodes, but it it made me think of uh, Patton Oswalt and Big Fan. Oh sure, another uh, good uh, a good film there. Yeah, yeah, and th- that's funny. Like, do you think there's foodie fans at that level? Like, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they said that one couple had been there like eleven times, right? Right. Um, you know, um, I, it's just like anything else. Like, do they call them? You know, some people call them chef. Some people probably call them by the first name. Yeah, of course there are. Like, yeah. Um, I remember when um. When Ferran Adria was closing El Bui, which is, you know, the this is probably what, uh, you know, this restaurant and this kind of culture is mm. um, kind of trying to uh, imitate is El Bui, which was his like French restaurant, uh, not French restaurant, Spanish restaurant in Spain on the beach in this like tucked away town where you know, all these people came and they just learned and like kind of were doing all this, um, you know, molecular gastronomy and pushing the craft forward. And um, like people were like t- live tweeting the last meal, and like people were <laughs> nice. like reading it here and everything. Like, wow, this is what's going on at El Bui tonight. And uh, by the way, if there's one episode of Bourdain, I would recommend that it's that episode. The El Bui episode is uh, pretty much a flawless television episode. Nice, nice. Well, I'll read down our finished puzzle list, and we'll get into some closing thoughts here. But uh, we, of course, talked about Pig throughout, but then we also talked about Saw, and you threw in Cube as an alternate to that. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Parasite, Dinner Theater Shows, Chef Shows, uh, Cheap Thrills, The Square, Bergman Island, The White Lotus, The Devil Wears Prada, Fight Club, slash Midsommar, slash The Invitation, and Big Fan, uh, as far as like closing thoughts, like one thing I wanted to throw out there, I, I couldn't think of a good piece for this. I don't know. Maybe you have something, but like kind of to that cult, uh, you know, aspect of the film, structuring this around the courses almost gives it like a cyclical hypnotic kind of thing, which I, I couldn't think of a good movie for that. But I just thought it was like an interesting structure because it, it kind of adds to that, like drawing the people in and like getting uh they're like kind of lost in the whole situation, you know? And yeah, I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. It's changing the act structure and not to say that it doesn't have perhaps a three act structure, but like it's breaking it up and pig did the same thing. Right. So yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. yeah. I like, I like stuff like that as well. Yeah. I mean, you know what the answer is, is all that jazz, which we covered on, um, yeah. Awesome movie year, which I think is a five act structure as opposed to a three right. act structure. So yeah. Uh, nerd talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other thing I was going to ask you, uh, th- this dinner, I think, did they say it was 1250? Yeah. 1250. It, it, is yeah. that, is that, does that sound right? For I've like never this? paid. I mean, I've never paid that much, but I, I imagine it's location, right? You're sure. going, you're taking this ferry out. Um, there are some of these where like you stay overnight mm-hmm. at, so I, I think, yeah, you could easily find something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, you know, like as a food writer, I'm spoiled. Um, you know, uh, do you want to hear like a crazy food story? Let's uh, do it. Have you ever watched Iron Chef? I, I mean, I've seen an episode or two. You know who Morimoto is? Yes. He's probably, you know, the most famous, well-renowned Iron Chef, you know, in the history he did the Japanese version, now the American version. Mm-hmm. And he's probably got like 20 restaurants all over the world. So I get this assignment 
And uh, from my editor when I was writing for the weekly, Las Vegas Weekly, right? And they go, up, you know, um, they're doing a little media preview. Go out, go out there. They're going to, like, just tour the room. And you'll probably get a drink and, like, maybe an appetizer, right? And, like, mm. I've done, like, huge big dinners before. Whatever. Like, no big deal. It's an assignment. Take it, right? So I go. And, like, the PR team is, like, frantic. They don't know what's going on. Like, whatever. And then eventually they're like, okay, guys, just stay here. Here's a drink, whatever. And then they lead us to the back of this room, this stainless steel stainless steel tepin grill where like you know you cook on right and uh morimoto comes out uh-huh. and there's 10 of us and he cooks for us for three hours right <laughs> and it's like a5 wagyu sukiyaki and all this like crazy stuff right and he goes uh he goes uh anyone with dietary restrictions and one woman was a vegetarian mm-hmm. so he literally cooked two meals by himself maybe one assistant for three hours then he had his dessert chef come out and like cook and um I think there was like he was cooking ten portions, but because one person was a vegetarian, like there was an extra portion, and he kept going, "Big, big guy, you take it," you know, to me, right? <laughs> and um, so when I was started writing this article, I hit up the PR team, and they're like, "Hey, uh, I go, can you can you get me the menu? Because like I can talk about it." And they're like, "No, there was no menu. We had no idea he was going to do that. Just so doing whatever, yeah, he just yeah. came out and decided to cook for three hours. So." That was probably the closest I've gotten to one of those. I mean, that had to be like a five hundred dollar or something. Probably, yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. That's like seeing like some like big rock star in like an acoustic like little you know it's press a, room or right. something. Like yeah. the dream, the dream deal right yeah. there. So that was that's probably my most memorable meal. Maybe I'd say. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. One of them. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, any other uh, closing thoughts about the menu? Well, uh, I like this movie. Again, it's a weird year. I'm sure we'll talk more about it on our uh, closing episode, but uh, you know, our top ten list. But um, which I think this has a good chance of making one of our lists here. But yeah. um, what's interesting is like this year more than any other. Like, I just thought this year is terrible. And then like, you know, like they just all waited until like December and November more than any other year. Yeah. And now like we're getting this backlog of like interesting, good movies, you know, we'll talk about it more on that top 10 episode. But like, while I don't agree that the year was terrible, I do agree that they really back ended it. Like everything is in these last few months. It's wild, dude. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't know why they do that, but We'll talk about it more later. But uh, speaking of which, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to yeah. our listeners? Yeah, you know, I thought since I didn't mention any food movies here, mm. I would save it for the recommendation. I'll do one food movie and one food show that I think we already did recommend on an episode. So the food movie I just watched yesterday is Boiling Point with Stephen Graham. Have you seen this movie? I still haven't. Like <clears throat> I'm just like saving it. I might watch it on Christmas. We'll see. It's interesting. It's an hour and a half. It's one take, right? So mm-hmm. it's one of these one take movies that they... I mean, dude, the 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 way they staged this thing and like the kind of movement back and forth and the sound, how they got everything. I mean, they, I'm sure they shot it like, you know, uh, actually, I was reading about it. I think they were planning on shooting it eight times and then they were going to. But uh, COVID, because of COVID, they can yeah. only shoot it four times. But um, so it's one night in a restaurant and the chef, you know, a celebrity chef who's like kind of feeling the pressure of everything and um just kind of the breakdown of that night and all these characters and like i said the fact that it's all single take felt very much felt like that um uh, bloody nose empty pockets feel that like yeah. you know it was a really good movie this is a good movie it's uh an hour and a half but you f- you feel like i mean it 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 weighs on you because it's one take there's right. no break sure. on it um and stephen graham is awesome he's one of these actors you should he's always awesome. watch right yeah uh, i think the tv show we mentioned it i mean 
I don't have to publicize it. It's a breakout hit this year, but The Bear, sure, which yeah. is a very good show and a, a pretty honest look at what goes on in in these kitchens and with this like chefs and the mental health aspects of the cooking yeah. industry. I, I really like Bear. Also, we watched the first two episodes. I haven't gotten a chance to finish it, but uh, I'm sure we will at some point. It's really good. Yeah, I've seen. you should you should get back to it. Jason, tell people what you got going on with comedy and awesome movie year and everything else you got going on. Listen, Dave, comedy, eat this comedy is the perfect thing to plug here since we actually do this now. Yeah. You know, so since I'm a food you writer. You kill the people who come to, to see you? Uh, it depends how they behave. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, I team up with restaurants. We curate a special menu for one all in price. You get dinner and a show, so to speak, right? So you get a dope meal and then hopefully a dope comedy show afterwards, right? And uh, We've had a good residency at Honey Salt this past year in 2022. We're looking to take it on the road if anyone is uh, in another area listening to this and has suggestions. I think we're going to take some on the road in 23. Obviously, the trivia party, I talk about enough. So uh, that's kind of what's going on here. I'm just watching a lot of movies and trying to make a movie. So give me money. Message me and we'll talk. And uh, Dave, I will say... My movie, uh, like like one that you mentioned, and in this case, is also not a traditional three act structure. Oh well, there we go. I'm excited to hear more about it when the when the time comes. Give me money, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the menu. Thanks, as always, to Jason Harris for joining me on the show. Make sure you're subscribed to Awesome Movie Year, too. We're about to finish up that season on the films of 1953, move on to another season. Lots of great stuff coming over there. And, of course, uh, you know, I recently released a new album called More Content. I've been talking about it on the show a lot lately, and I'm going to keep talking about it for a little while. Uh, this week, I'm putting out a new music video called Blacklight, and uh, also the review from my mom just went up over on my bydavidrosen.com website. Uh, lots of stuff around more content coming. A couple more music videos on the way, too. You can check out the limited edition CD of more content on my Bandcamp. That's davidrosen.bandcamp.com. And, of course, the album is available on all the streaming sites as well. Add it to your favorite playlists on Spotify or Apple Music. And I appreciate all the support, guys. Uh, also, of course, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. Drop us a five-star rating if you'd like. We'd appreciate that. And follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Also, we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. So check that out, patreon.com slash bydavidrosen. Lots more stuff hitting there in the coming weeks and throughout the year. We've got a lot planned. So, uh, yeah, I guess that does it for today. And this being a food movie, I figured it would be a good time to dig back into my Jewish comedy rap Fakakta's album Lock Stars and the song The Deli. 
to play us out here. I think I might have played this before, but it's just such a perfect song for a food-related movie. So let's go with that. We'll get back to my David Rosen music on the next episode, I'm sure. But I uh, hope you enjoy the deli. And uh, we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon. Chilling at the deli, filling up my belly. Blinces and knishes, you know I don't do dishes at the chili. Production produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.